Welcome to the Dissect podcast this afternoon. Uh, in the room with me, I've got Paul, Mark, and Sean Kingry, a uh, fellow friend, and I would say some sort of psychonaut that loves enduring pain. Um, so welcome. Long rides and long drives. <laughs> <laughs> Just drove in a few minutes ago. Uh, thanks for joining us. We, we had a topic today and we hey, we'll just throw it out there and see um, how relevant it is. Today we want to talk about uh, a question, which is kind of interesting. It kind of came up with a couple different uh, topics. Uh, this one being, what is valuable? <laughs> I, we could go the normal route. We mm -hmm. could have some idea of what we're going to talk about. Um, we could go off in the deep end, but I'll throw it out there and then perhaps I can illuminate what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. I'm very interested. I, I really want to know what you guys think are valuable. And I'm, I'm interested in Sean's perspective too, because we, Sean and I actually, I know we don't look similar, <laughs> um, but we share a whole hell of a lot of like background, you know, firefighter, uh, mm -hmm. if I remember right, hockey, hockey. Yes. Yeah. Just, there's just so many, you know, I don't ride a bike, but uh oh, you should i should and then again i should probably lift weights <laughs> <laughs> we keep trying to talk him into riding a bike yeah. and we keep trying to talk him into lifting weights <laughs> <laughs> or we used to i get I, I just okay this is what you're mentally here for is doing crazy stuff on a bike yeah, yeah. so if you don't have to lift any weights in order to like further out there then <laughs> then then weights are not an appropriate sort of thing but my with this idea of value um my whole i'm just thinking like oh man the last episode that we actually launched which was the mm. testing and competition episode mm. was the first one that had something to do with fitness and i'm thinking like what do i value in in relation to because you know because fitness I, I didn't, I, I totally went a totally different direction. Okay. I, when we brought up the topic and Paul kind of texted us both, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go way off field for this because I kind of figured you would tie something to fitness. So I'll just start the, <laughs> the idea of value is, is a really interesting concept. Like just as the, the term, cause we throw it around often and may you have to forgive me cause there is a bit of disdain in the term because I mm. I don't want to like Gary Vaynerchuk the fuck out of this and talk about like the marketing appeal of adding value and you, you see that so often now through you know business concepts so like oh you have to add value and this is va like the idea is that there's an exchange and there's a couple of different definitions of I'm sorry, that. but just to go back to that marketing concept mm. for, for me so can I um, say that I added value without actually having to do so <laughs> and 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 would I mean would that make the product more valuable? My example for the moment: mm. there's a certain type of brand of hummus that I really love. I can mm. only get it in one store here. And recently, I noticed that while the packaging did not change, there was a thing on the lid that said 10% more. <laughs> and I was like, you're fucking lying. There was not room for 10% more in the package. You just put that on there so it would sort of like. Because it's been, you know, it's been the same label 
kind of stagnating. Maybe sales were declining a little bit. There were other competitors coming into the market and they're just like, all right, we're going to tell people that we're giving them a bit more and therefore ours will seem more valuable and maybe people will you know, come back to our brand. I don't think they actually did anything, but <laughs> in fact, they probably they did less, ten percent um, less. But, to, but be, because you had, to, you had to save the cost of actually producing the hummus <laughs> yeah. to to act to get the to sticker. reprint the new label. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I mean, by definition, it's usually a value has to do with an um, equivocal usefulness. And so a lot of people, their only idea of value has to do with monetary value or an exchange. What, like it's in context of, of a monetary value. So like, is that valuable? Did you get what you purchased or, or something along these lines? And I think, first of all, um, this will be a competition who can go off in the fucking deep end the fastest. Oh, and, you won. And furthest. And I'm going to go ahead and sh- charade <laughs> gonna, my idea of the deep end. And you're going to take the belt right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go ahead and throw the first punch <laughs> off the deep end. Um, the idea of the monetary system gets in the way of, of what we think is valuable. Therefore, we usually assign a dollar amount or 15% off the dollar amount or some kind of variation. But if you don't understand that money in itself is worthless, then how do you assign value to anything? So and maybe somebody has lost me on why money is worthless. And I'm going to go ahead and explain the concept of fiat oh, currency. Okay, oh, because, sure. because, yeah. we're, because we're only about six feet down right now. Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know, deep the, into the pool is about what, 15? Well, there's, a, yeah. there's enough soil to die. <laughs> <laughs> but not enough yeah. to try to, you know, do something egotistical. So when people talk about value to me, I immediately go to the concept of like, do you understand money or, or what are you purchasing? That kind of deal. And it comes up often that most people's concept are just limited to, oh, I have this paper money and this paper money is worth something. And when you explain that paper money is an abstraction, that it's actually just a mythology. It is a story that we've told ourselves over the year. Like, yes, it's valuable. Yes, it's valuable. Enough to the point where the psychology behind looking at money, you, you believe that thing. But it's just a story that we all agreed upon. If it was truly valuable, though, then like, you know, then the people across the street wouldn't really be making it rain, would they? Because <laughs> they throw it around. I mean, they're just ones, but they throw it around like it's... But there's a hundred of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, I apologize. It, I, no, it could be. I mean, strip clubs come into play with value for sure. Because really, what are you getting? <laughs> An illusion. Uh, right. Illustration? <laughs> so there's a couple weird things with money that have always really bothered me. And they become more and more apparent um, the more we do things that we have to, uh, and this is an interesting term, we have to think of the consideration. Um, and, and the word consideration, although it has to do with contracting and, and value and money and all these terms that we talk about, what we're really meaning by consideration is like a careful thought or a reimbursement. And so when we say put out of something that we hold the value, all I'm thinking, I'm putting careful thought into what it's worth, what the value is, what the person is going to get out of it. I think that is something that doesn't happen anymore. Like, I think mm-hmm. this is a almost prehistoric action that you like, whatever, and I don't know why it doesn't happen, but most people are less about associating the thing that they think is valuable and more associating what the fuck they can get from people. How can they trick somebody into thinking that it's valuable, whether by story or mythology? And that's why I bring up the currency thing is because 
Yeah, something. And, and that's why I think the monetary thing is very important to look at because it's the perfect example of uh, when you pull the rug out from under everybody and you go, uh, you, Yuval Harari was the guy who wrote uh, Sapiens. Uh, he also wrote Homo Deus. Super intelligent guy. Uh, he was the first person that I heard refer to money as an abstraction. It's like, no, no, no. It's just a representation of an idea. Mm-hmm. It is not the actual thing. Just like, okay, if you understand how the gold standard works and all this stuff, um, then you'll understand that it is no different than a measurement. And his um, allegory for that was uh, our economy is held up by mythology. And so if our economy drops, imagining showing up to work in the foreman, you know, I'm going back to like my 1920s when the economy fell and saying, uh, you know, no, no work today. We ran out of inches. And I think that's a perfect example because it's just an abstraction of an idea. And once you recognize that that's what money is and it's not backed by anything of real value, then we have to start questioning why we charge things for things that are valuable, like time and experiences and relationships. I mean, I think you lose um, part of the whole sort of, I have access to everything um, via the internet or whatever and other, and uh, uh, you know, and forms of social media. We, the, the, the prevalence of it, I mean, just the availability has decreased the value of certain things or, or the, the, um, be, because, okay, if I wanted to have like a, uh, a fine art print or something, it, you know, at some time in the past, it would cost money to have. I mean, it still costs money. Like you actually go and you have an image printed or whatever. But but because I'm a wash in images and I'm just overrun every single day, I can just go. Yeah, black and white nudes. Fuck yeah. There's like I don't know. There's twelve thousand Instagram feeds for that specific thing only, and therefore, like it's just you're so inundated with this. Um, availability or just the constant onslaught of these of the of the imagery or available products or whatever then i think it takes the value away from it whereas if these things were scarce oh yeah like let's we could use the example of the rays zine <laughs> that there you know 250 were available and when we saw, and they sold out really fast and when we saw um we, we realized okay this thing is valuable people want it and and when we realized that was when we started seeing things on social media feeds saying, hey, does someone have a copy of the zine? I really want to read it. I'll pay postage and handling both ways. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. There is something there which has has been assigned value. We don't know exactly how. I'd like to think it was our, you know, creative input. And <laughs> commitment. Talent. Um, but it could be just the fact that it's not available. So it's an unintended value. Um, that neither of us foresaw because the idea that um, we thought, oh, people will get a kick out of the content. Oh, they really value the content and it's at a price that everybody can afford. Therefore, the value was assigned to something around those lines. And what we probably didn't see coming is that now we have people that have found each other based on an association on ideals or a belief system or a correlative um, interest. And now they're communicating at which case they're going to have an experience or an inter uh, relational experience um, because of a common interest, and that is a common interest in something which both parties have assigned value, to. which is yeah. invaluable. 
Whoa, look at you. <laughs> you. Okay, I think he took the pro. I, mean, I, he, I, was, just, yeah. I was just gonna say, congratulations, Michael. On one, like referring to money, which in, in my opinion is, is super shallow and taking that as deep as he did was, was, was pretty cool. And then, <laughs> and then circling it back to the invaluable. So, so, even, so I'll, cool. I'll bring it back just to like, you know, even it out so we're not just in this depth of hell that I because I can't home. get out from where you so, took us. <laughs> so it, it kind of came up like we've been talking about this idea of value over and over. A because um, there's new businesses around and there's new ideas and there's things that are of value and, and that people want to take part in. And one of those things is uh, last weekend we did a nutrition workshop, and um, because we have this intrinsic idea of value that is sewn in kind of into the integrity of the of of what we all do and that maybe that's the common bond is like i know there's a level of integrity here and i think value and providing some kind of value for people is one of those things there were a lot of people that were traveling from out of town and we wanted to provide them with something more valuable than just yeah. what they came for not that that one day wouldn't be enough but we like to maximize the time that somebody can spend here so we offered a very few uh people uh, the opportunity to partake in a second day that would go down the realm of their choosing. Mm -hmm. So understanding that, A, we have some information that we wanted to share and test and get some feedback on. And also to the fact that when people make that kind of commitment that, well, let, let's, you know, make it worth it. Uh, to the comments, uh, there, there's two kind of comments. Um, the negative one, well, there wasn't really a negative one, but I imagine somebody might have a negative one. So I'll say three different kinds of comments. The first one is pretty basic. Like, man, that was really valuable. The day that I came and I sat means they basically paid a price and they got uh, equal to or more than what they thought the price was, which tells me, okay, that's the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. And then we get uh, a, another sort of comment on the value of it. And this is the invaluable term. Uh, I got an email from one gentleman um, the next day, there was very thoughtful, very, uh, you know, very detailed on the whole experience. And it ended with the idea of invaluable experience. And the difference between the two is one is contingent on a payment. The other one is contingent on an experience. Or contingent on how that person um, perceives they are going to apply the, either the lessons or the overall experience to their life later just like okay this is this is it, it could be something for that particular individual it could be something that utterly changes his life um and therefore you can't assign a monetary value to it because um it, it's not like a one-time commodity purchase mm -hmm. right and, and that i think um i think maybe even without cognitively associating this thing i think we have built-in systems accidentally that that really try to um, heighten that display of value for people like the experience is so not not only above and beyond worth it it is something that you can't purchase like and, and so we as opposed to um, just having a dollar amount hey i charge this for a quote-unquote seminar you can come out and learn these things from me instead it's there's a commitment involved it's this kind of booking ahead it's this kind of commitment to uh, the porch that we talk about quite often. So I could, I, I'm going to take this. Please do. I'm going to like from the deep end into the gutter. <laughs> like just because like I can't. So at one time, while a Jim Jones shirt 
was highly valued. <laughs> I was going to talk about the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was highly valued. Mm-hmm. And when someone was awarded one, it was a t- the, as a token, it was invaluable. So before you branch on, let me just interrupt real quick. Oh, I was done. Oh, I, oh. I, I was just going to leave that hanging. I wasn't going to mm-hmm. say, you know, go down the road. Oh, the, now it's just a fucking T-shirt. No, no. Well, so <laughs> that, this is I, I just just dawned on me when you were saying that, because I, I would have to say that when I got my standard Jim Jones shirt um, and it had crooked style type. It was the original kind. It was the most valuable thing that I had, and it had nothing to do with the the makeup of. It's what it cost. It's what the commitment represented. Um, Sadly to say, that shirt is destroyed, um, or you know, fortunately or unfortunately. But at one time before I had that shirt, um, I was doing an interview for, uh, funny enough, hairdressing. And it was in a, a news, uh, like a magazine, a local magazine. And they were talking about, they, they made me list like what I wanted. And it was this weird bloviated bullshit article. And the interview was superficial, but you know, you do what you do. And it asked me for like the three things that I wanted out of life. And one of them was like, I was like, oh, I want to go see this place. So it was like a trip. So they, the, the lady who wrote the article, she just typed in like, oh, it wants to go. To, I think I said I wanted to go to Japan or something. So she just typed like trip to Japan is like $5,000 first class or whatever the thing is. And then the second thing I wanted at the time, because I had just begun my interest in racing bikes, is a time uh, bike frame. Pretty good bike yeah. price, about $5,500. And then I said what I wanted, and I had not yet even met you or contacted you, as I said, I wanted a Jim Jones shirt. Hmm. Because I'd been following for a couple of years, and I understood the value in it. Thirty dollars. <laughs> well, <laughs> plus she, shipping and handling. She tried to look it up. She tried yeah. to like dollar point this thing to uh-huh. you know it was a lifestyle magazine, and yeah. she couldn't find it. And so she put, well, there's no price on that because you can't buy them, but you can attend a seminar for this. And it was quick to just like exchange the this that as opposed to understanding the value. And when you mentioned that. When I actually got my shirt, I thought about that article and I kind of laughed because I thought like, yeah, I could have bought a trip to Tokyo. I could have bought all these things. I could have gone all these places for way less than way less the cost (laughs) and not just the monetary cost, like the sweat equity was insane to, to, to receive that. So that's actually a pretty funny point. Totally. I was, I was actually going to bring up that that same (laughs) token, have you, and, and how, the value of it has has changed over time, um, and and we we you guys have touched on and all the points that I wanted to touch on as well with the scarcity and the need of it and how um, supply and demand come into play. And when I when I think of value, the last thing on my mind is money. Like that's that's on the low end for me. Um, and one of the things like the hierarchy that I was been kind of thinking about in this conversation is uh, for me. Uh, there's the things that we're given, like that don't that the person, the giver doesn't have any value. Like there's no investment in in them giving you this token. It's just like, oh, I've got this extra cup of coffee. Here you go. And then there's like the things that are bought. That 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 for me is like there's some sort of trade, right? Like mm-hmm. I've I've earned this money somehow, which as we know, doesn't. I exchanged time and energy and services or whatever for this paper currency, which then I can exchange for 
Correct. It's a it's okay. a trade. Yeah. And there's like a yeah. Well, there's a three way thing. Like, what did it take to? Uh, how long did I have to work to earn this money? Mm-hmm. And therefore, was it worth my time to then? Like, if you take the money out of the equation, take the triangulation out of it, and you just exchange time for whatever you're getting. So mm-hmm. as opposed, and, and that's maybe a better indicator, because um, how this relates, I think, uh, for like on an age spectrum, like let's say from 18 um, to 35, you're trying your hardest to make as much money possible. Like that, that is what affords you a better lifestyle or a better circumstance or whatever you want to put it. And then it or seems allows like- allows you to manage the debt you, ac- <laughs> you accumulated <laughs> in order to like reach your early 30s. <laughs> right, and then at 35, 40-ish, something switches when you understand that the more the mortality clock is counting down and then hopefully you've made some money to be comfortable by that time and you start exchange, you start making trades for time instead of money. Like now I will pay to have more time. Like if I can pay somebody to do my cleaning, laundry, chores, whatever, it's worth it because I now life is more important now that it's ending. And that, well, that's a really easy, yeah. but if you do that from the beginning, I think you can extract a very good sense of what's valuable. And, and for me personally, the, the top level is that those things that are earned, those things that, that you, and, it, and it's those things that really can't be bought. And it sounds fucking hokey, but, um, and, and you guys talked about it is like one of the big things for me is, is connection. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the connection and things like, uh, that you, you have to earn that it's a two way street, uh, things like trust, things like, um, experiences is, is a really good one. You know, things that you earn through, uh, through some sort of sacrifice, <laughs> which I don't know why this story came to my head, but Sean will probably <laughs> be able to elaborate on this feeling. There, there's something, there's something that happens, um, uh, during a bike race. Uh, an experience with, that bonds you to another person. It's you could call it suffering, call it whatever. Yeah. Uh, but there is something that happens under hardship, and there was um, the Tour del Sol. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> in which case, like there was some winds and some other stuff. And I, I believe, like when we went and did this race the week before, you'd spent at the gym, which you were not a. Uh, you're a fit fellow, but the gym is not your playground, I guess. No, it's not my playground. <laughs> and, and you were put through some physical trials, which I, you know, astonishingly, you decided to do the stage race anyway. And the stage race is not a kind one. And I believe they switched the, uh, the road race uh, to be a different, uh, for the first time, they, they switched the direction. And then we had to go up Utah Hill down in St. George, mm-hmm. which is not a fun climb. And there was a piece before that that uh, it got strung out because of the winds and blown us all over the place. And I remember, uh, I think that's where you snapped, right? You made it yep. all the way to that. Yep. And then something snapped. And I just remember not seeing you bridge the gap. And my first thought was like, man, that week fucked him. Like that week at the gym was the only reason that you couldn't bridge that gap. But I knew the hill coming up that you'd probably catch up. Like we weren't that yeah. far off. Um, and it's funny because like those experiences, yeah, we paid to go down there. We paid to stay in a hotel. We paid to join the bike race. I paid for a bike. You know, we had some meals to talk about it. But w- when I say it's been years since I've seen you, and when I saw yeah. you like just an hour ago, it was like those are the things that are so valuable that that means like that experience with somebody means I can go over, give that person a hug, and all that stuff comes back immediately. And none of the monetary value out of that 
is worth anything. Yeah. But it would, <laughs> go ahead and comment on it because I'm sure oh, you God. have worse. I, I haven't thought of that in donkey's years, but no, you're right. It's, yeah, crosswinds. And if you're a small guy, you need to be at the front in the crosswinds. Mm. And I wasn't. <laughs> and yeah, and I'm not going to blame the fucking gym, but you're right. Those shared moments are to me what's invaluable. I, it sounds fucking corny, but yeah. I think that's, you know, um, these people that you meet through these experiences, I cherish them so much that, like you said, there is no way to put a monetary value on it. And like going back to what you said earlier, it's time and experience for me now. I know I am closer to the end than the beginning. Um, and that's one of those things that you, I don't want to lose. So I will drive however many fucking hours to get here just to <laughs> hang out with people that I cherish and I know fulfill my life because who knows when we'll get to do this again. I would just like to fade up the sound of hail hitting the titanium <laughs> top <laughs> tube of oh, the bike. That was God. my next example. So. Of, of a thing, because that's, as soon as you said the bike experience, yeah. the, the, three, the, yeah. the, and the three of us have had together, and that was, that is still one of the most powerful yeah. memories and actual sounds mm. of like that ting, 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 because mm. you had a tie bike yes, also, and, yeah. as, as did I. And, Mine and was more like a hollow because it was carbon. Because it's carbon, yeah. yeah. It's just, there's no romance in that. Like, no. You know, but there, nor was there much romance there's all... in the hour and a half of nonstop shivering that oh. happened in the cafe <laughs> while we were waiting out the storm. I thought you were going to say there's no romance in being the fucking heaviest guy in the group oh. and watching <laughs> you guys talk as we go uphill for seven <laughs> hours or whatever the thing. Be. Um, I, and I would agree that we, we talk about that bike trip often, which, mm -hmm. you know, it, essentially when we were planning it, it was a money problem. Like it really was. It was like, yeah. can we get away for this? Like, are they going to not pay us because we're gone for four days? Uh, and then like, okay, how do we book? And, and then Mark ended up just taking care of it, which I was like, oh, that's a really generous gift. But that was not the gift. I would pay the price of that trip 30 times over yeah. to have mm -hmm. the memory of it because essentially it flashes back all the time. It was the leading lesson of why people, why I tell people to get the fuck out of the gym. It's like, if you can go have that, it is totally worth it. And, and how can we... How do you describe a trip to Italy with three guys that don't know what the fuck they're doing? They're just riding their bikes uphill and <laughs> shivering when it's cold because it was not summer. Oh, uh, and stopping for strudel and weird fucking coffee shops. It was like, how do you oh. explain to somebody that that's valuable? I have no idea. Drinking, like, eating pastries, drinking Coca-Cola, sitting in a, like lodge or whatever at the top of a mountain pass in the Dolomites with a picture of Sylvester Stallone because it's the same area where they filmed Cliffhanger and like so Sean's sitting below this fucking picture of you know signed photo of Stallone hanging the, I don't know if it's actually Stallone or it was Wolfgang Gulick who was doubling him uh, on that job in the photo couldn't really tell didn't care but it was a very strange situation like to to have a, a, a confluence of events and plus like by that time of the day 
there's no, everything is so bright and sharp and clear because you just can't, you, there's no more filters available. Yeah. You're so wasted <laughs> at that point that, damn. I was, <laughs> was going to say, I missed the picture, Sylvester Stallone, at least my memory laps it because the idea of my hands being numb were yeah. taking over every like synapse in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I remember is on top of the Zhao and Mark pouring cappuccinos down me because I am shivering so violently. Like, I, I remember my what teeth you need? chattering for an hour. Just oh, yeah. a, a solid hour. Of, and what you need, son, is some vasoconstriction. Let me help you. <laughs> <laughs> There's a sensation out there. Because there was a moment on the, on the first climb. And the first, like, I don't know, hour or something was pretty mild uh, hill-wise. And then we hit that big climb. That's where the pinging of the, the down tube happened. Yeah, where the rain turned to hail <laughs> and then the wind. And then we're just like, hey, if I was in the mountains back in my climbing career and this was going on, we'd go down. And we'd but no, we should go up where it will be colder, windier, more miserable because that just seems completely reasonable. There was almost like a, a crow raven circling of the bikes at the top of the hill wondering... Because there was some there was some certain doom of dropping down the backside. Dropping down the backside said not only we're committing to this route and we're going to have another five hours to, in order to get back, um, but even if we just drop down and try to come back up, you will think about failure and quitting the entire time back up a climb that you don't want to do anyway. So it was it was a a paramount moment when there, us literally circling in this like hesitative who's gonna push who's gonna make the thing happen because oh. we're all cold nobody wants to do it but the idea nobody wanted to be the one who quit who's and what gonna that turn left when we leave the cafe because <laughs> <laughs> if one does i'll do and i don't know yeah, who I mean. broke the spell but essentially somebody made a decision and of course everybody no one's gonna like not make it yeah. and there's this sensation once the cold hit uh diving down this, you know, switchbacks is really elegant climb off the other side. It's beautiful, but you're so cold you can't see it. And there was a sensation that um, I, my teeth would chatter until <laughs> I would slow down because the wind. And so like, and I would speed up because you think like, oh man, if I just go fast, it'll be over. Yeah. But I would get to the speed where the cold was so unbearable that my teeth would start chattering. So I'd slow down and then the <laughs> teeth would stop chattering. And then I'd come to a corner and uh, like near the end and my hands were useless and then I started fearing whether I could break in time for the switchbacks and that like okay that sounds fucking miserable like that sounds like <laughs> your friends are assholes you should probably never <laughs> hang out with them again somebody made a bad decision uh, and then <laughs> it could have been Sean I'm um, thinking it was me <laughs> And without a word, it was a full sprint from the bottom to the next climb to warm up. Nobody said anything. But as soon as you warmed oh. up, you're like, it was a good decision. The clouds broke. You saw scenery. Once, you're, once you were warm again, you're like, thank God somebody had the balls to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's, a, that's a great story. And I think that, that being that you three are all into, you know, Cycling you, used to be you used to, <laughs> until that trip. 
and some added pounds and uh so with all that like i i see it the you know what i what i take away from that story is that it's that it's the connection it's the shared experience that you guys value it's not the the riding the bikes and being outside is great and that's just because you guys share that's your kind of excuse to have that experience does that make does that make sense i think that 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 is relative to the individual like it depends on, on yeah, what, you're, the, what you're into. Yeah, it's the means yeah. that we use not only to connect, but to you know to create that experience or to and and I think that means is as you said, it's individual and and mm-hmm. perhaps people can have something like that in the gym if it's the thing that they value, if it's the thing that you know they and their peers mm-hmm. value and they can share it together. And even if it, it even if it doesn't include like sometimes I get pissed at myself for thinking like the shit that happens outside is like is better because it's outside or it's an endurance thing therefore it's more important or or better than a high intensity thing that lasts you know a shorter amount of time um and then I get over you know worrying about it but I I think (laughs) you know that for me the duration has always been the thing that, that grants access to to that sort of condition where um the connection can actually be made yeah I, I think instead of a, like an outside or an inside thing, I think it's a commitment thing. And if there were like, mm-hmm. there is a way to value the relationships that are fostered inside of a gym. Um, but there has to be some side, sort of barrier that's not like a walk-in service where anybody's accepted. There, there has to be some kind of barrier that enforces the value of the place and the environment. Oh yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't classify it in like the the four walls principle because I, I think it's it's about the environment that is that may be uncontrollable because the experience is more um tangible or there's because there is consequences uh mm-hmm. it becomes more of an experience i mean i take the same thing like just because things may happen like on a like a fire scene like there's some i mean you you're inside four walls you're in a structure it doesn't necessarily change the fucking experience you know what i mean like you can have some shitty experiences and i mean that's the same thing with and sean i'd be interested to get your perspective on firefighting but like the reason one of my main interests and values in that whole service is the is the brotherhood is like is the and i the the connection it's the the shared experiences and that's what that's what i'm drawn to yeah actually i think you hit the nail on the head there with those experiences being in that a hot kind of shitty scary environment and i'm not gonna lie it's hot scary and shitty Mm. um uh you're bonded to those people for life like i joke about it at work quite a bit you know some of my coworkers are really shitty human beings but they're great firefighters and it is an honor and a privilege to go fight fires with these guys because of their commitment to it and like it is um it is such a bonding experience knowing that they have your back and you have their back um that cannot be replaced by anything else Mm -hmm. you know and the brotherhood thing gets thrown around a little sometimes too loosely with some people and other people it is truly a true brotherhood and it is yeah i will do anything for this guy or gal or whatever and uh 
those are rare moments when yeah. you get those, but I fucking cherish those. And yeah. And maybe, maybe it comes from, I mean, like I said, that, that that's probably my top level value and maybe it comes from, um, you know, I, I growing up, I never thought like, cause I was adopted. So I never, I never thought that that had any sort of impact on me, but the older I get and the more I reflect and like, look at it. Um, I think that it does like I'd be I'd I'd be full of shit if I didn't say that it has some sort of effect on my mentality and my subconscious and what I'm really after is like the connection to people mm-hmm. you know what I mean I it, uh, it sounds sounds goofy but it's it's the it's the truth for sure it's what no nihilist wants to admit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag nihilism <laughs> <laughs> But uh, honestly, what you were saying, I, I think that's spot on because everything in my life that I've been attracted to is almost like a little group or a little, it's another little subculture, another little layer to peel back. It's like punk rock. Sorry, there is an entry fee or there used to be in the eighties, uh, to being part of this, you know, you'd have grown ass redneck men pull over in their truck and kick the shit out of you because you had pink hair. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was well, it. Well, that, that deserves an ass kicking. I it mean, does. I, you know, Burgundy. You know, I'm just that. That's like you. You just get shouted so at if you as, just, the, as the redneck goes by. Pink, that's a beating. Well, yeah. all you, you just got to change the terminology. It's not pink. It's salmon. Salmon. No, okay. salmon colored hair. That's why I got it. That's why I got into MMA was was to do my due diligence. Right. The pink to, mohawk to, to help. Yeah, regulate the pink mohawks. So. Maybe we can uh, assign this to a more practical um, note on, on, on value because this, like, how do you, like, exchange a work, a rate, a product, content, et cetera, et cetera, ad nauseum? How do you assign value? Like, when, when you started a gym, what was it worth to you for people to be here? Like, what, what was the exchange that made it, you know, assign value to somebody being a part of the gym or you allowing them to come in? I think the the common thing and we we've talked about it and we've touched on it and and i keep coming back to like commitment is um like the reason the gym started was commitment and responsibility to certain individuals and like um like i've i've said in the past is uh when i got kicked out of jim jones a lot of people was like well, well what what's uh what are you doing and uh, uh where are you going I, like, I guess we're getting a place you know um and, it, and it's a it's a commitment on both both sides and it's it's one of those things back to the things that i value are things that are earned like the commitment and trust uh those things don't it's a two-way street and and when i and just because and and so the relationship that you developed the commitment they had made to you and you to them within the context of that organization wasn't tied to the organization those are like personal commitments Correct. that you you had amongst yourselves that that started out maybe as like an okay i'm exchanging money for paul's time and his guidance and that sort of thing but obviously you spend enough time with each other in those situations and and a stronger mm-hmm. uh, relationship develops um so even outside of the organization, the commitment still existed and you just needed a new set of four walls yeah. within which to 
um, express that. Totally. And then when you talk about value and you keep going to monetary and I keep like <laughs> fucking, I don't even think about it. But um, when I was thinking about like how to structure the the thing to survive, I, I just fucking, I just deduced it from what the overhead is and what I anticipate like the 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 exchange being and then like just back figured it from there i didn't i didn't build it to like so, so i think I, I i get um so what i'm trying to get at or maybe what i'm trying to um get you to highlight is the fact that um setting up like you're gonna have to eventually come down to a dollar amount because that's how we talk about yeah. value in an economy and what I, you keep coming back to which is, there's an interesting thing you do ignore the monetary thing, maybe subconsciously, maybe mm -hmm. because you know that there's something more valuable. And we said this in uh, a couple episodes ago. Uh, one of the most remarkable things that I think, I want to say it came out of Mark's mouth, was commitment is currency. Yeah, And that's something that it really, like, how do you impart that knowledge onto somebody who's looking at having this experience? Because usually it comes down to like, Man, I know you guys do something special, but it's real expensive, and I don't think yeah. I can afford it. And and my first thing is, well, I, it would be a weird conversation if if it got to that point. Usually, that's the superficial thing that yeah. we wave off because uh, it doesn't have to be a money exchange. Like, there's plenty of people that I train with or advise without any exchange of money. It's because a I value the commitment that they had to seeking it out in the first place maybe they even just considering my opinion i find that very mm -hmm. valuable like okay like i'm going to continue to give my uh, opinion on that or they don't realize it but there's always something else that person can help me with yeah, whether that's an honest yeah. reflection of the job that we're doing or they have a skill set that i value that i am unable to also do and so you have a lot of people in here uh, cj is like the first one that comes to mind of people that are like freaks where you're like your money is no good here your work ethic and your you know personality and also your ability to hang a picture is just like <laughs> phenomenal and therefore like there's something that some people can offer that is beyond what they have in their wallet and i think getting to the bottom of that describes perfectly how we become friends with people or how we you know okay so uh, you had to change your hashtag from family to hashtag former coach <laughs> <laughs> hashtag resentment uh but i think like seeing seeing what you gave to people in a moment when you could have just been like oh well the you know the 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 game's up because this was what was housing me and i'm only mm -hmm. tied to these people because the commitment was made the contract was only viable in this building un under this banner and the fact that you erase the banner erased everything else and held up the contract the social exchange and the commitment to people like says more about what this place can become and less about what that place was Yeah, should I drop the mic? Yeah, I don't know how to like. I don't even know how to respond to that. Um, but I think I think you're right. And in, in my big thing with this whole thing functioning, as long as there is some sort of exchange, as long as there's some sort of uh, trade back and forth, like it doesn't it doesn't necessarily it doesn't matter if it's fees. And I and I came up with the fees. Um, and the way that we structured like the, the quote unquote, like memberships that we offer mm -hmm. is that it, it 
hopefully it highlights those that are more committed. So the more that they utilize, the more that they're around, the more that they're a part of it, it actually is in their benefit, mm. both, you know, hopefully, um, to their pocketbook and themselves. Uh, and then also like, I, I'd never want this place to be like, because, you know, coming from a fairly humble background, I, I never wanted, uh, the place to limit people because of funds. So if there's, if there's, if there's people that can't afford it and they want to be around it and it makes sense to have them around, I want to do whatever I am able to, to provide that. And I, I think that comes out. We, we try to, I, I saw you had it written on the board the other day because I try to do something similar in, in the fact that not everybody pays the same um, price, um, but everybody should give more than they take. Yeah. No, in any exchange, whatever it is, whether it's money or and it usually isn't. Um, but, but that credo has, has paid dividends. And I, I, this becomes a, a really, uh, maybe mine is the pessimistic marketing scheme that people are usually trying to switch out and like pay it forward and <laughs> fucking hustle or whatever. They, they always try to <laughs> hashtag hustle, hashtag hustle, hashtag, hashtag grind, <sighs> hashtag grind. You know, what's another one we need to fucking put on the band list is savage. Can we just not like ever yeah. say that? Uh, yeah, for, I don't think you guys have said it, but it just no. Uh, I mean, unless that's I'm talking not my about lexicon. <laughs> I mean, unless I was making a derogatory reference towards Native Americans. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't, so therefore, <laughs> that's the only reason I think I would I would mention it. There, there is actually speaking of Native Americans this is a fucking weird segue. But dancing two dancing stars. Are we going to talk about two dancing stars? <laughs> well, we do have. Uh, no. <laughs> so there, there's this idea, and we, we did record an episode, which probably won't get released, where we're talking about illicit drug use uh, and the use of hallucinogenics. Man, that's really funny, because I was just um, mentioning to somebody yesterday, is like, wait till you, before I interview you, I need you to listen to the psychedelic drug use episode. <laughs> so I was just assuming it was going to get posted if I can you know, manipulate the sound well enough to make it sound good. I'm into that. I don't, there's nothing Thanks. said that I don't think should be released. I think it was a sound quality slash. Okay. There was, mm. I think, an anomaly in there. But let, let me get with my, uh, you know, sound mentor, and we'll see <laughs> what we can see, see if we can. Uh, so that's <laughs> something to look forward to. Yeah. If, if by any chance one. you what? or a top secret one that uh, people have to find, that that could be one of those. Yeah, Ooh, I, like, I like that better. Damn it, Sean. Given us way too many ideas to complicate our already complex network of ideas. Um, you win. <laughs> the, yeah. so, so we, usually we make more, more work for ourselves. Now someone else has made more work for us. Nice. But we, we like it. Yeah, we always appreciate it. Yeah. Um, there is a story, and I, I might have um, told it a little bit, but it does come back to this in a very strange way. Um, there was the development of ayahuasca as basically a a sacrament or whatever in Peru. And when the conquistadors came to fucking basically rape and pillage and, you know, commit mass genocide, they asked where the valuables were. Like, give us the gold, give us the valuables. And there, how it goes is that give the, us some wood so we can rebuild our ships. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some fucker yeah. burned them for us. <laughs> so the Peruvian culture at the time, I don't know if it was Incan or what the specific thing was. Um, they said, Oh, you can have our most valuable thing. And they took them through an ayahuasca ceremony. 
because that's the most valuable thing that they had. And it's because it's an experience and it's an individual experience that can only be had in a community. And the conquistadors um, apparently thought they were possessed by demons and they slaughtered the entire village (laughs) and then took all their gold anyway. And then they banned the use of it as it was a satanic ritual. And it just goes to show like, a really weird who is assertion. this Satan of whom you speak <laughs> like, Satan guy sounds awesome yeah. <laughs> that's that's um, that's a form of uh, soy product right mm-hmm. <laughs> Satan yes <laughs> they're the gnarliest of vegans <laughs> 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 It could be. So when I hear that story, I mean, some of it is, it highlights human nature uh, about, you know, what culture or what person doesn't see the intrinsic value of an experience and how we're not new to consumables. We're not new to just thinking that we're all, you know, buyers and purchasers in an economy. Like this is a, it's a age old human problem where we we can't see what is really valuable and we go for the shiny thing and i think that that shiny thing should always be available because a it identifies who's a fucking moron and who doesn't have the depth to see real value like i, I, I if it's shiny and spinning mm. i personally think it should have a hook bite to it. <laughs> so saying, there's a couple and metaphors it, and there. Then sooner or later you end up in a boat not being able to breathe you <laughs> flop around for a while maybe someone clubs you and then you get barbecued D- depending on the uh level of uh torment that they want to put on you either they're gonna well, die that's true. yeah or you know maybe they're nice maybe they're super nice folks and you've you've you've, you've had this shiny spinning thing and you bit it down and you, and they and they played with you they fucked with you they fought with you they, they'd let you think you were going to get away and then they like you know then they you know, tightened up the line a little bit again. And then pretty soon they like, let you think you're going to get away. And you're like, oh, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. The shiny, my commitment to this shiny thing. And then they're like, ah, <laughs> no, I, I just turn up the drag on my reel. And then you can, so it makes it harder for you to get away. And then pretty soon they land you in the boat and they're like, Oh man, that was awesome. That fight with this fish was awesome. You know what I'm going to do? I probably just provided this animal with the most horrible fucking experience of its life. I'm going to release it back into the water so that can happen again. You know that maybe, is. Maybe that Because catch and release is, is so, um, you know, humane. So you're basically saying that credit card companies practice catch and release. Yes. <laughs> Whereas like universities with student loans, there's yeah. catch, but no release. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, catch and keep captive yeah. is, is the, the inhumane thing that gets played out there. Um, I guess we, uh, maybe we're seen as anarchists. I'm okay. Now with that. we've been talking shit about the financial. Well, then you have to go back. You have to go back to the quote from Stranger Than Fiction when he, uh, "Are you an anarchist?" It's like, "You mean am I part of an anarchist group?" Like, "Yeah, are you part of an anarchist group?" Isn't that defeat the point of anarchy? Is getting into a group? <laughs> I, I was thinking it should go back to a quote from the Big Lebowski, but um, <laughs> ooh, another nihilist film. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't worry about those people. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. At least they had an ethos. It's true. Uh, yeah. It's very true. So um, 
we have we've hit value. I, I, mean, I kind of want to take it somewhere else, but go ahead. I, go ahead. I, can, I can tell, but I've, I've got a couple of things here. Okay. That, yeah. that one of the things that I wanted to to discuss was, I mean, be, because we had had this idea that the that the, the the token of the original Jim Jones T-shirt, mm. the one that actually said Jim Jones on it, not one of the ones that you could buy, but like it had a certain value because it was scarce, because it was very difficult to earn, um, because there were very few people who actually had it, and if mm. you did, that was sort of a like a identifier that you had reached into this inner circle and become part of it in some way. Um, and we were discussing the you know the value of T-shirts in general the other day, um, and certain identifiers. That, that, that they are that okay if I, I could say if, if I've got a you know there's a couple sect t-shirts in the room right now <laughs> um, <laughs> and if you happen to have one that that you know says original on the back there's not many of them that's an identifier that you were there on you know day zero ish mm -hmm. you know something like that um, and we have been struggling with this idea about Okay, we're developing whatever this project is going to be around the dissect podcast, around the Ray's zine, around some other things that are happening in the waiting room, and 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 things that may become products, et cetera, and 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 how to um, and and the tokens that are going to go with, like, okay, if I have a copy of Ray's, I'm 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 one of two hundred and fifty people, or you know maybe two hundred and eighty, because there are a certain number that we that we gave away to, to important individuals um, that, that has this thing, and it's and it's the, and it's the very first sort of issue of this zine could turn into something, could be the last you know last issue we don't know first yet, but <laughs> um, if if the U.S. Postal Service has anything to do with it, with it, it will be the last fucking issue, and it'll just because be, Michael's going to be incarcerated. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Okay, I mean, next time you go back to visit the post office. Um, you just need to have a chaperone, probably. <laughs> yes, anyway, or a gun lock. <laughs> um, but this, the idea, one of the reasons that we we were we decided, I, I said, hey, I want to have an, a, a zine ready to go with the first episode of the podcast, was because I wanted to have a, a value exchange and give people the opportunity to, they thought they were buying a zine, but what they were actually doing was giving us the opportunity to talk more shit into microphones and <laughs> then broadcast it. Um, and so it was it was an idea that when we talked in the first episode about the, about the podcast, we will have no commercial associations, yeah. partially because of the freedom of it, but partially because I, you know, listen, there, there is no value provided to the listener by the, you know, even if you actually take advantage of like I wish to fucking God I hadn't taken advantage, like been swayed by, you know, hashtag JRE or whatever the fucking 10% $5 free postage <laughs> thing that I got from stamps.com. I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I'd found another fucking postage solution to ship the zines. But no, there it was, man, if I just do this, cause Joe said so. And now I'm locked into this relationship with stamps.com and I fucking hate myself, but. You got what you paid for. I, yes, I certainly did. And now you're still paying. And yeah, and I'm and 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 I'm waiting. I'm caught. I'm waiting to be released <laughs> so that I can potentially make a different decision. You know, like establishing a relationship with a different shiny spinning thing that has a fucking hook on it. Um, but but this the 
so we wanted to provide some values. So, okay, here's, here's an actual thing that is, we have, you know, we have made this thing and we're going to exchange it. And the, yes, there's, there, there are some costs associated with it. So whatever money that we took in, you know, is going to pay for the printing costs and that sort of thing and the shipping and the, not, you know, <laughs> uh, I don't know what do you call that, like nuisance fee. Um, <laughs> it's a noose, a noose fee, a noose fee. Yeah, <laughs> that's for my um, yeah. my own noose. Yeah, for yeah. My, so I can hang myself it, later. Yeah, yeah, in the post office potentially. <laughs> um, it, it, so, so there, there was, it, a, we can't produce a zine all the time, mm. and the, and and it's not something that people will, can can wear as an identifier um, outside. So when people see, like, oh, I I know what that shirt is even if it's not obvious. And mm -hmm. so we came up with this, we have, we have an idea, there's a series of t-shirts that are, that we, that are going to be sold and they are going to be as scarce as the zine. They're probably going to be more difficult to find than the zine. And they're certainly going to cost more. And one of the reasons that we want to do that is that, um, to, to, to actually build this idea of like, Oh, I have to work for it. If I want this yeah. thing, I have to work for it. I have to find it. It's not going to be just made available to me. So I got to participate in this exchange as well. And there will, there's a whole sort of philosophical journey that these t-shirts actually will take <laughs> us and people who choose to buy them on ultimately, because it is a story. And so I think the, um, we'll, we'll launch the first one. And I don't know if it's going to, um, that, you know, maybe, maybe the hint for today is, you know, the URL that I purchased today, oh. which, you know, <laughs> I don't know exactly what to do with it or, you know, and, and nor will anybody else because it'll just, you know, if somebody goes to commitmentiscurrency.com right now, oh. it'll just be parked at Namecheap, you know, but at some point, maybe that one or maybe one of the other URLs will lead to something where someone can exchange money for something of value. Um, and we will, you know, we'll, we'll try and assign more value to these things. I was wondering why you're being so fucking quiet over there for the first half of this thing. You're buying URLs. <laughs> just one, just Doing one. It's just, thing. it's just harder on the phone oh, right, than right, it right, is. Right. Like I need to bring my laptop in cause I can like, I, you know, but this is, this is, this is how I, um, you know, because we only, as Ross said, we only have a $20 budget per episode for <laughs> <laughs> this, this idea. <laughs> okay. King, I, I, I gotta buy it, but I, I can't announce this one on the air, Sean. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like you're, you're forbidden from talking to that individual anymore. <laughs> The, uh, this idea came up. <laughs> this idea came up. Um, most like how we see the the mistake that most, I guess, podcasters make, and I, I think they come to this medium uh, for the wrong reasons for the most part, and you see it fall apart. Uh, I think they see the shiny lore or the endorsements and the sponsorships. I can just talk shit and get you know some advertisers on there. And, you know, ultimately, you know, as soon as I get my hit my thousandth episode, because right. um, of course I'm going to be so fucking smart and <laughs> committed and, you know, long term and interesting and funny and that sort of thing, I'll be making millions. Right. Uh, and or, I think whatever, I mean, to, what a bunch of to dissuade any idea or notion that that that's what this was. It became a really difficult conversation to have, especially with people who are like, we'll just take advertising because it'll pay for it. And us, the, the commitment <laughs> to say no, like we... Hey, it's probably not that big of a deal, but the idea behind it bothers us 
to the core. Like it mm-hmm. goes against something integral to what we do. And, and then the conversation of a Patreon came up. And although, you know, okay, that would be just a direct relation to how people support it. The idea of asking for something and not giving something in direct relation in, to in, that in direct return. Right. It's like an it's it's an it's an ephemeral thing in right. a way. Or, or or something you can't tie the, the the one to the two. Right. And I think okay, so some people would be able to pay more than others, and that seems like a very democratic way about going, and it's also mm-hmm. very socialist. Um, and it might be acceptable some, and I don't want to say that that's a, a bad road, but it is definitely not the road that we wanted to take. That domain is not available. Shut up. Please go. Th- just visit the domain and see. Just, well, no, it says, it says make offer. <laughs> like, like I, I, can't, I can't have that in my search history. <laughs> like to actually visit the domain, cause, and nor do I actually want to know what goes on there. <laughs> is, is, I think Brendan probably owns it. <laughs> is uh, make offer on the actual website on the domain? Or Here's the real question, it's, Mark. It's, it's on my domain hosting service. How valuable is that to you, that domain name? <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I can get a variant of it, for 77 cents a year, really, yeah. you know, yeah. dot, dot com is just not <laughs> worth it. You is know, there a dot org? There's a dot me. <laughs> I think, and I believe that will be the one. I don't, I, I don't no. think you can have a mortgage and that domain. Wait, there's dot fun. Whoa, <laughs> that's a thing. I didn't even know. I, I did not know that was a thing. And that is only 88 cents a year. Nice. Like splurge. I think you need both of them. Like who who wouldn't do that? Even just, if they just point to each other, or maybe a unsuspecting victim that you would point towards. <laughs> uh, somebody might who uh, somebody who might actually offer that service, um, <laughs> so like a dot co dot uk kind of thing. <laughs> soon, soon. Well, uh, according to the news, it's probably more than likely in South Africa before. Yeah, else. dot dot ca is actually more expensive than any other. Really? Available well, variant. Socialized medicine, man. Oh, yeah. We've got to underwrite that stuff. It's true. Um. <laughs> well, I think one of the things... Uh, <laughs> I, I apologize. What were you talking about? Wait, like, wait. The serious thing you were... Yeah. point you were making before? I lied. Yeah. The... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was advertisements like, and... Yeah. Not taking it. So yeah. the conversation where this came to... Um, well, the direction that it ended up becoming um, was in direct relation to something that we don't vocalize often, which is like how how can we work harder to make this thing better or what can we do to tie us to it and really like this is a commitment thing like this is hey we're waving our hands and saying you know whatever support comes is going to be a commitment on our side i think that's an unusual way about coming about this because it immediately emphasizes the interaction to people that might get use out of this i mean I'll admit that last 10 minutes is totally useless. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to ask yeah. anybody to commit any money, you know, based on those 10 minutes. <laughs> like, I, see, I would feel bad about that. Yeah. But, but in exchange for an actual T-shirt, which, you know, is a, a token of association with yeah. the, the, the idea, yeah. if you will, or the project itself or the people involved in the project, okay, I'm okay with that. It's like an updated mm-hmm. pledge drive. <laughs> I think I read something uh, that Mark put out once that, that said uh, it's okay to sell but not sell out. 
mm. which was uh, pretty fucking cool. And that resonated with me a lot. And I think one of the things that we share as value too uh, is uninfluenced or honest. Well, if we want to relate it back to uh the other uh, the other podcast we did the other day is feedback or um honest information where that it's not influenced it's not you know i'm not taking this you know sponsorship so i'm i'm saying oh these shoes are great in the gym when in reality they're, they're not uh you know it's just i value that i value like honest pure information and feedback so and i want you mean Wheaties isn't the breakfast of champions? <laughs> <laughs> Just because of an endorsement? <laughs> a, that is a cereal that's still available. <laughs> it is. Wait, 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 just, no, wait, hang on. Just as disgusting. Uh, wait a second. I was, wait, people still eat cereal? <laughs> aren't, oh, aren't I we, do. Oh, I oh, do. Yeah. yeah, I eat the fuck out. What kind of cereal do you eat, Sean? Uh, what do I like? Cornflakes. I'm oh, old school. Oh, no, man. Got, but that's. That's because of a gluten, yeah. gluten issue. Right, yeah, right. yeah. So that's yeah. why I thought most people wouldn't eat cereal now. It's because uh, doesn't everybody have a gluten intolerance? Uh, Cocoa Puffs are gluten-free. So oh. check that out. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to throw that Count on your Count Chocula? It is, uh, I believe it's corn as well because Count Chocula is one of my favorites. <laughs> I happen to be a cereal connoisseur. <laughs> so Count Chocula, you, you, you eat that dry or you... Uh, no, that needs yeah. milk. Actually, well, it needs, if you want to like upgrade, I mean, if you really want to set the value for food high, yeah. you put chocolate milk in that motherfucker. Whoa, Man. chocolate on chocolate. Double chocolate. It's almost yeah. too chocolatey. <laughs> if it was real chocolate, it would be too chocolatey. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a <laughs> weird chemical. <laughs> but since the chemical flavor in, or since the flavor in both the chocolate milk and the Count Chocula <laughs> cereal are derived from chemicals. Yeah. <laughs> and if you were going to get crazy, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to admit to doing this or not, but you might even drizzle chocolate syrup over the top. Damn, dude, that's rich. Yeah. It, look, what do you mean? Like I can't afford it? <laughs> I can afford chocolate syrup and count chocolate, even if I'm not employed. So watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you, you really have to expand your your cereal yeah. uh, intake. Uh, I, so, so you won't be able to partake because of the gluten thing in my favorite, <laughs> which is cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> but there's a lot of corn derivatives that I think you'd be okay to okay. yeah. General Mills lists gluten free, clear, and free. Uh, I mean, they'll it, they'll promote to you for no, sure. No, no, they, oh, they, yeah. they list it clearly. However, they charge more for it. Oh, right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cause, it's gluten because because of the whole. The, obviously, our whole economy is based on making money off of people's disease. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've got a disorder. I've got yeah. the thing for you. Exactly. Man, I'll uh, take two. I'll take, two, I'll take two of those. Um, you're type two? No, no, I don't think so. No, no. We're just trying to sort out all those diseases that kill people off too fast. That way we can you know, treat them with more things to consume. I, I, I lost that. Wait, so, so if I identify the things that kill yeah. people off really quickly, yeah. I can... Uh, that's the thing that I need to provide, not a, like a cure for, but some kind of solution to keep them alive long enough to mm. make more electricity. Yeah, like Ebola Ebola kills too quickly, which is why like, that's an easy problem to solve. <laughs> yeah. But type 2, now that's an interesting problem because there's just so many ways to die and it takes so long and people are so 
unconscientious of the problem that you and, can and, sell and, them a lot of products. You, you could actually sell them a lot of them. They're yeah. very susceptible to yeah. any I'm, potential solution that allows them to keep behaving in the way that, yeah. um, that, that contributed to their current condition. Right. So if you look at the CDC uh, recommendations or the American Health Association or the American Diabetics Association or take any government regulated or lobbying um, association that gives advice towards the, the, uh, the care for type 2 diabetes, not one of them mentions the inherent risks involved with sugar consumption. In fact, they go so as to far to take money from Coca-Cola if you're the CDC. So wait a second. I, no, so what you're I'm saying is... <laughs> I'm not making that up. That is a real fucking thing. So what you're saying is I should place no value on their advice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just to bring us back to topic. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I'll, I'll, I like the segue a little bit just because it, it, it can go some interesting places. But yeah, the, uh, maybe that is the next thing that you just like, um, why do you value somebody's advice? Like, why is somebody's advice more valuable than other? Well, usually it has to do with an experience. Therefore, we, we circle right back to us claiming unknowingly that experiences are the most valuable sort. So if uh, experience is equal to value, the experienced are equal to valuable advice. The CDC apparently is not a valuable source of information <laughs> for, for that particular subject. I'm right. saying. I mean, maybe yeah. there are some others like Ebola. I think it just tends to be at any given level, there's going to be a conflict of interest at some point. Uh, and, and we had kind of this discussion uh, with a friend of mine the other day talking about um, how groups of people develop and like how human nature can kind of disarm and throw off the development of very sustainable groups and it's mostly because human nature is greedy human nature is jealous human nature is all these weird psychological or emotional defects um in that if you if you replicate the wrong defect at the highest levels that the business with the corporation or the government agency or whatever will become the defect that it is whether mm -hmm. that's greed or jealous or whatever the they end up being I'm just looking at you lost me along Did the I way. Did I go way yeah. too far? <laughs> Do I get the title belt now? Yeah, yeah. You, you, had it, you had it like five minutes in, you, remember? Yeah. He just defended the title. Yeah. <laughs> it's what, it's what that was. I'm going to get popped Brain later for performance-enhancing drugs. <laughs> Undisputed heavyweight champion. Um, wait, you have to finish the title. What's the title for? Distraction or uh, bullshit? Like deep ending. A, no, yeah. <laughs> deep ending. I, I can take us to the bullshit realm real quick. <laughs> On top of that, um, well, part, you know, part of that is is trust for me. You know, depending on. Uh, for me personally, oh, the things advice? I yeah, yeah, the, yeah the things that I value or who I seek for information and the information that I value are from those I trust, and that can be as big as like a government organization or as individual as a person. Like even as when to talk about strength and conditioning, like if I read something in some article from someone that I don't know, I don't put a lot of. Uh, a lot of stock in that but if i if i actually know the person and i know that they're not full of shit and they're feeding me like quality information and that i trust that's extremely valuable well i me. follow wendler 531 because i bought his ebook yeah 
<laughs> so <laughs> you keep distracting me. I have something, and then it's fucking God. I, I, I was just listening to Paul, and I'm just thinking, okay, so I get done with the article, and at the at the end of the article, it's like this article was written by so and so, and then there's nothing but a list of the certifications that that individual has. I completely disregard the information. Like what? Okay, so yeah, you you went, you attended all of these things. Did you graduate with honors? Did you, you know, did you, did you ever put the shit to use? Yeah. Which is how, for me, someone earns like, like the the value of someone's opinion is like, have you been through it? Yeah, and mm-hmm. certifications, and, especially in this industry, or it's that scarcity thing, and it's this. It, they're all over the place. It's a participation trophy. It's like it's. I what, mean, as the, soon as you bring the, out a fucking jump rope certification, you have therefore you have devalued every <laughs> other certification that you as an yeah. organization offer. Yeah, there is this thing. What there, the, there was. Yeah, I don't know if it is still available, but. For, okay. But I mean, I think it was at the time the original seminars for the jump rope certification or rope skipping or I don't know what there is a correct term for that actual activity. I don't know which one it is, but I do believe that the original seminar um, was taught by that buddy Lee guy. Yeah, 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 like yeah. champion yeah. rope skipper of the entire mm-hmm. universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, it was probably taught by like people who'd passed the level one cert and, <laughs> and, and Mr. Lee was, you know, had seen the error of his ways and I'm out. Refu- I'm out. You guys, <laughs> I'm going to skip on out of here. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to double under out of here. <laughs> Triple, that guy can do quadruple unders. If you watch his Whoa. videos, he, he is very good. Um, you mentioned something really fascinating actually. And that's the, uh, the certification thing. Cause obviously that can be total bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, in that I think is a trap. It isn't necessarily so. No, but, no, no, but, no, no. But, and, and, and I would say it, it is. Can. Can is the opposite. Can, and, and I wouldn't say it's necessarily specific to this industry but you know, the, of fitness, but certainly prevalent. Mm. Oh, it's prevalent in fire industry. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like confined space rescue kind of thing? Oh, yeah. There's some... Is there a one-day cert for that? <laughs> oh, no, they can rescue. milk that for 24 hours. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That, so is that is that how your industry like there are basically you know freelance or you know outside of government or state or county they offer education for firefighters outside of what the the there's different will. different avenues so it, it kind of depends on the state and, mm-hmm. and what's happening but there's like state certifications uh, and then because we're in an industry that there's a thing called authority having jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. So like our department ourselves can quote unquote certify people because essentially the idea there is that the, the state uh, certifies to the minimum qualifications or the minimum standards, mm-hmm. but hopefully us as department. So when you think about firefighting, you have a wide variety of like, volunteer firefighters and professional firefighters and you know just by definition if calendar you, firefighters <laughs> if uh yeah, <laughs> yeah. again with the wind yeah. uh, I, I know he's just he is just like notching I, the yeah. fucking belt now. sorry about that i didn't mean to distract it just popped into my head no, you're all right um 
So there's a, there's a level of a commitment there. I mean, it's not like there's some amazing volunteer departments around for mm-hmm. sure, but it's just a time thing. Like if you are there for, you know, a professional, like this is what you get paid for, you're going to be there more. Um, so hopefully you maintain higher minimum standards. You're, you're going to have more hours, more experience. So with and- that, they, they allow the departments, the various departments to have authority and, and kind of do their own certification process. So, but then also in that industry, I mean, um, I, I believe that you also have vendor certifications that there you is, do also yes. like people who manufacture a product mm-hmm. for you to use will come and charge you for a seminar, teaching you how to use said product for sure. Yes. For sure. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, my department, and like, fortunately we don't, we don't really participate in that too much. Okay. Um, so, and this is, this is being commented on more and more, uh, not the fire department thing, but the education problem. Like uh, this is, in fact, a, a very deep-seated issue, and maybe we're getting away from our original topic, which is totally fine with me, as long as you guys are. Well, maybe it's not. Maybe well, it's the value. value. The value well, yeah, of you're education. Talking, it's, yeah, it's relevant. Yeah, I think we've. Yeah, we're still we're still on track, despite your distractions. We're we're good. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting there. The value in education, I, I fought for a really long time because I come from a family that that was like the pressure was to yeah. go to school and get an education because. There was a switch, but I think there's something inherently wrong with an industrial complex for each industry that right in their education system is an industry in and of itself. It it becomes its own complex. And now we're facing the realities of an education process that aren't they're educating people with facts and they're giving them pieces of paper that have the mythology of value behind them. Um but like we said, the and, experience and that it's is like lacking. an entry ticket. Just show this ticket that we yeah. gave you at the end of college <laughs> to anyone, and they'll give you a job. Yeah. Like that's like when you take a number at the butcher, you show him the ticket, <laughs> yeah. and he serves you, and yeah. that's like what a college education is now. You get your diploma, and you like wave your number around, and yeah. nobody recognizes you. Know, I'm just like, yeah. wait. You, yeah. So you have this education. Do you do you have any? Um, have you applied it? Yeah. Do you have any actual experience? Yeah. Have you put the theories that you learned to the actual test and seen whether they are valuable in the real world or not. So, and I, I can't speak to, because I have gone to college and dropped out happily when I noticed what it was, but what I think the, the glaring difference, and this comes up in conversation all the time of like, you know, people will ask, hey, what certification should I do? What classes should I do? What edu-? And I, my advice most of the time is to stay very clear away from people that are offering a certification or you know a, a process of certification uh, for the most part that doesn't mean that they're all bad i'm not by yeah. i'm not saying education is bad i'm saying that it, you fall into a trap because if you just think about it logically and like how can you certify that i know something okay we have tests and they're knowledge based tests but if they're good tests and they're testing high skill and they're testing things of utility like your ability to accomplish a task or to do a job in a certain realm they have a very high fail rate if they are good certifications i'm going to take the title back right now all right department of motor vehicles Mm -hmm. (laughs) i rest my case (laughs) okay i mean because basically i'm granting you a driving license based on performance on the test. I've given you a license to express your familiarity with a motor vehicle and the laws governing it, not only the laws written by man, but the laws of physics. 
And this, this is like so. Like, we well, offer the test in multiple languages. If you're <laughs> Espanol, the certainly. But the idea that an education is about teaching you the facts to accomplish something, I think, is way off the mark. And that's 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 where we're left. When you go to school, you learn a bunch of stuff, and when you get out of school, you know a bunch of stuff, and therefore it, the application is very easy. I mean, so for me, this circles back to the the and and it was obviously a different era, and and um, what was. Um, valued or seen as work was very different at the time but um the, you know i lament the loss of the apprentice journeyman mm. master process mm. um because somebody somebody rolls out with the journeyman card and you're like oh okay so i know that you've at least done and i forget what it is but you know three years of apprenticeship or whatever and then you thousands roll them, of hours that's thousands of yes thousands of hours somebody um so you've gone through the apprenticeship and you've gotten, you know, or maybe uh, maybe you get your apprentice card at the end of that. I don't know. Like if you get nothing while you're actually being an apprentice, because why would you, you know, need anything to say that I'm studying some shit? Um, it, but then, you know, you go to the actually the, the avowed master, you know, someone who is the, or the acknowledged master, mm. somebody who has this thing. And I would I would value that person's advice. I would value that person's work. I could trust in that person to execute, you know, if I was asking within the, you know, the, the context of that person's area of expertise, yeah, you've got master level status, then yeah, I, I trust that. Therefore, I value the opinion. Therefore, I value the work. Therefore, I'm willing to exchange more of my time, which is what I value, um, for that expertise and that work. And I, maybe originally that's what an associate, an undergraduate, a PhD, a doctorate was supposed to be. Uh, that yeah. seems like the timeline that would be correct. Like an associates mm -hmm. will give you a very general uh, knowledge of things and an undergraduate in a specific subject should give you a very good idea of that subject. Um, the problem being is that, you know, I, I think they convoluted or maybe they saw the profit margin in getting people through this process. And, and it worked in the 50s and 60s to appeal people to a higher education because there was a great difference between um, a blue collar and a white collar job that was based, like it, just money-wise. Mm -hmm. College grad? No. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> Paul? I have a couple associates degrees. But. Okay. Okay, so we got three out of four like, <laughs> people who never made it <laughs> commenting on the relative value of the process. <laughs> for me, any any <laughs> for me any education is just to the the only reason that it is valuable is that it shows some level of commitment. Yes, like it, if if you've stuck it out through you know, and and yeah. I would be interested to see the statistics on how many people use. Uh, what they went to school for. They're not very good. They're not. If you look them yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. I, I would agree with the commitment thing. Um, it was explained to me by a good friend of mine that went to college for graphic design, mm -hmm. which I always called bullshit. And I was <laughs> like, why can't you just learn that shit on your own? You're going to have to learn anyway. Um, and he said, he his defense of his education, which is an undergraduate, um, was that it showed him how to approach a a start date and a completion date and get it get a project done in that order and that's all that it was good for was to assign the importance of going all the way through this task accomplishment thing in an organized fashion and yeah. I, that's actually probably the best defense of higher education that i've ever heard 
uh, other than the ones obviously like uh, legal or, or medical degrees that are required some technical stuff uh, other than that that I, I think you're right in the fact that the commitment to a four-year degree says something about you um, in which case like why aren't why aren't we just teaching people to be committed to things? <laughs> like, why aren't we establish, trying to do? establishing the value of that from a very yeah. young age? Yeah, why, why are we trying to hide it through the yeah. idea of a university experience? Or, yeah. or that suddenly, um, you know, expecting, okay, now you've reached, a, you've reached an age or a level of, you know, general education or whatever, um, where now suddenly commitment is, um, is a relevant thing to learn about. Mm. Whereas maybe if it, happened at a younger age you, you might you might use the process of education higher education if you will uh, a little bit differently right and, and i'm not saying like this might sound like um i'm harping on education i'm not harping on the idea of education i'm harping on the institutionalized idea yeah. of education i think educating yourself is uh, not uh, like that's no question it's non sequitur you just yeah you do that because yeah. you're a human being and you want to get better at stuff and if you don't well you know that noose that they're selling at the post office <laughs> exists <laughs> you could use it or you couldn't but you should educate yourself so I, I think you know in that in that sense fuck I mean go to school don't go to school but at least learn how to be committed and educate yourself you got another? I, I, I can't. I can't um, critique your contribution. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a. You know why? Why would you value my critique anyway? Because I didn't go to school to study to get you know, your experience uh, on school. Uh, I, I mean, I've been criticizing shit my entire life. Yeah. You know, sans degree. Right. <laughs> sans degree. I, this has been a really interesting conversation for me, just because I, I had to work out some ideas on like. What I really had to ask a question of what I thought okay. was valuable, and I think we all kind of came, right. even albeit totally different aspects. Yeah, I can't. You know, we came to the same idea of experiences and commitment are ultimately the most valuable thing you can either get or offer somebody. And I think, you know, on that note, yeah, I don't know, Sean, wrap it up for me. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs>